African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. So thank you for joining us on our shortwave service. Thank you for also being with us on our satellite. And if you're listening to us on our website, thank you for listening to us on those channels. Uh, we are uh, joining you after the day of uh, International Women's Day. We're still here at uh, Port Elizabeth at the Nelson Mandela Metro at uh, the Feather Market Center, attending the Africa for Africa Women's conference 2017 if you were not listening yesterday this is a conference that's really pioneered to look at how do we actually get women integrated in participation in the economy of various african countries yesterday it was a busy day here a couple of speakers were speaking there was a lot of things that took place and today uh, they are in various q a sessions and various commissions that are are taking place here so we're still here at the conference itself and today we're going to be starting the program looking at a very different theme for our program today especially looking at young women in entrepreneurship and how do they participate in the economy how do we actually make sure that we do create an African culture where women are actually entrepreneurs from a very young age I've got with me in front of me uh, Wandi Siwe Nondlazi who is uh, from uh, the Uten Hager Dispatch Development Initiative uh, which is she is the enterprise development manager they also have a, a young fascinating entrepreneur in front of me here and uh, she has uh, her own uh, uh, clothing range for young children very very pretty pretty stuff that i love i saw them uh, outside here and uh, she's going to tell us about how she started being an entrepreneur that's zikona avoy she is uh, got her company titled divisions are becoming i want to start uh, with you though one in terms of tell us a little bit about the Uten Hague Dispatch Development Initiative and how you're involved with this particular conference. Okay. Um, thank you so much for that. And sure. um, good day to the listeners. Sure. Um, the UDDI is um, short for the Uten Hague Dispatch Development Initiative. Mm. Uh, we, predomin- we work in Nelson Mandela Bay Metro sure. uh, with SMMEs. Um, we work with uh, capacity building activities. Mm. So we would look at what is the need and we work in the township so we we go out and we look at what is happening in the townships and you know most in the townships were never meant for businesses Mm. so most of our entrepreneurs they work in homes and they 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 use skills that were given by maybe their elders Mm. or ideas that they have but they don't really know how to develop the ideas or bring them into the mainstream so that is what we do we close that gap so we, you would say in one word, we're a socio-economic development agency. So practically, when you get into a township, what do you actually do? Is I know that you guys don't do financing of businesses, but what areas do you actually touch? Is it a mentorship? What kind of work do you actually do on the ground? Okay. Uh, because the, the, the situation that we work under mm-hmm. is not your normal um I would say no more working businesses because mm. they have different struggles, especially socially. Mm. So what we do is we don't prescribe what we would like to do for them, but rather 
we look at what the need is. So, for example, in this um, in this program where where we have our three SMMEs exhibiting, we went out and we invited all the women-owned businesses in the Nelson Mandela region. Um, they filled in applications and so forth. And uh, we're working with the Eastern Cape Development Corporation. Um, they assisted in the funding because we 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 always go out as well to get strategic partners to assist with whatever that we need in our programs. So we looked at who they were. So we found out that they were in construction, they were in manufacturing, in fashion um, and in services. So we also did a a 360 degree screening Mm. to see what exactly are the needs in each and every of their business. So we sat with each and every business before we could actually conceptualize a program. And then that is where we got that they needed market access opportunities, they needed um, skills development in terms of business administration, they needed um, networking with with peers because some of the women that we work with, in fact, I would say about 80% of them they have confidence issues and uh, they don't trust themselves. They, they do have the skill, but they don't trust themselves when it comes to being real businesswomen. So we looked at all of that and we brought a pool of mentors um, that would look at all those aspects. And then that is how we designed the program that we have today. So this is part of that exposure. Uh, we're saying to them, you're ready to go to the world. You're ready. Your program is ready and, and you should start owning it. So that is why we are here today. Well, we'll come back to some of those challenges and I, I want to start uh, with you, Zikon. You've got your own business and uh, very pretty stuff that you do. You've got is it ch- children's clothing and I love your stuff. It's uh, I, I wish I had a little girl to buy one of your things. I just don't right now. <laughs> I should work on that project and I'll come back to you. <laughs> but uh, Zikwana, tell us a little bit about how you started being an entrepreneur. I know for women, especially black women, especially if you're young, it's very difficult to have that shift in your mind and say, I'm going to start up a business. How did it happen for you? Uh, friends, let me uh, allow me to say hello to everybody listening and sure. thank you for, ha- for having me here. Sure. Um, when I finished design school, it was that scenario where you're just putting out your CVs. Mm. And I had worn um, um, a sewing machine mm. f- because of academic performance in school. Sure. And it was in a place where I think I was actually in a place where it was the first year that uh, unemployment was becoming a problem in the country. Mm. So you're sitting there with a sewing machine and CVs out there that are not replying to you sure. and you're getting clients mm. who say, hey, do this for me, do that for me. And then they said how it began. So it was almost like uh, an organic process. Definitely, yeah. because it was even said from my bedroom at yeah, home yeah. where you have to put your ironing board at the table <laughs> sure. and you put your machine there <laughs> and you start the process. Sure. It's amazing that she's saying that this, um, she's, she's explaining, she's about uh, the businesses that starts in the townships mm. that are not really meant to be mm. business places. That's actually where the business are born. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, and so in terms of kind of y- you were in that process because someone maybe is in that same situation across the continent is listening to this conversation and then you're doing your sewing for people. I know it's very informal when you start mm. sewing for people because people know that you're a designer. So you yeah. just sew, they bring designs for you. But when did you start come kind of saying, you know what, I want to take this to 
the next level. I'm not just a sewer. I'm not just a person who just can sit in front of the sewing machine. Actually, this can become something I can take seriously. Okay, the weddings and the metric dances are where we basically start in all these events that sure. people uh, attend. And then that's where you do the custom-made designs. They'll mm. bring a picture of Kim Kardashian or mm. Beyonce or whoever. Exactly. And if you do, that's, how you drum definitely. <laughs> that's how you practice. That's how you practice. And then from then onwards, uh, uh. Uh, the Chinese market started being ca- becoming a problem because now people would hire dresses instead. Wedding okay. dresses, metric dancers. Okay. And then uh, everyone started doing the same thing. That's where... We we actually decided that me and my business partner Zandi, we said, you know what? Let's supply. Let's look for a need. Look for a need in the community. Then bridge that gap. Mm. Uh, create a need yourself. Exactly. If there exactly. isn't a need, create yeah, a need, yeah. Yeah. and then be the only one who does that. Mm. Be bold to actually. If they don't understand it now, far years down the line, they'll buy into it. That's how mm. consumers are. Exactly. So we decided to create a need, and um. Um, Visions Becoming is actually an Africa-inspired kiddies line. Okay. Um, we, right now, we're in an age where, as South Africans, we appreciate our authenticity, mm. our heritage mm. as a continent, not mm. only as South Africans. Okay, sure. We've got this diversity. You can mm. wear a fabric from Ghana sure. with proud... Um, y- y- um, you don't have to... Ex- about it, yes. But then the kids are left out. They're still wearing your Barbies, your Bente, your Spider-Man. And then we say, you know what? Let's do moms and daughter lines, dads and the boys, matching outfits. Let's do the kids. Where you take that Barbie tutu dress and turn the the, the top into a Ghanaian Ankara uh, fabric or a stretch. And then the people are loving it. We, at the tourist market, we we send stuff to Australia. We send stuff to England. So even exporting. Mm. Yes, okay, yes. we've got lots of um, international cu- customers because uh, apparently our our country has got lots of programs that facilitate that. Okay. You get your mm. DTR that Great. can pay pay for your exhibitions in Italy yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or or Germany, and and so that also that, that international market is also buying into it. And then you also get l- the local programs like mm. your Gramson Arts Festival. Your we're doing next the Ren show in oh, Johannesburg. Okay. So you're coming to my part of yes. town. So oh, Great, great. Well, that's fantastic. I'm going to take a quick break because I think we, we kind of set the tone very well. And then we're going to come back and, and look at, uh, you know, where do we need to shift mentally? How does the industry actually have to open up the space, especially for uh, a black woman? Uh, mm. That's something that we as Africans need to speak about very much. So, so we'll, we'll come back uh, to that after the break. You're listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Moshatama. Thank you for joining us. And uh, these ladies are doing very well. And we're speaking about youth entrepreneurship. How do young girls actually gear their minds into entrepreneurship, into participating in uh, the economy, especially not just the, the broader economy, but how do you take people from micro spaces, from their mm. own neighborhoods, and actually take them out there and expose them to the rest of the world? We're going to continue telling the African story after this. <laughs> This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. 
Well, it's something that I always talk about, with is, which is the youth population. There's a huge energy on the continent, which is actually a huge demographic. And uh, the big challenge that they face on the continent is the fact that this huge unemployment and also the transfer of skill is something that we're lagging behind on the continent from. And that's the story that we're trying to tell, that there are initiatives, there are kind of movements, slow movements, but they're taking place of uh, actually seeing that young people can actually take ownership of their own future. I'm speaking to two young girls, ladies, I should say, and uh, they're really pioneering their own way into their own stream and making changes in their own environments and in their own personal worlds. And I want to come back uh, to you in terms of looking at those challenges, ladies. Um, there are challenges there, definitely. It's not easy just to be a young entrepreneur, especially when you're a young girl. You know, entrepreneurship is always seen as this manly thing to do. And Wandi Siwa, you work in the communities themselves and you work with these women and you highlighted it's actually a confidence thing for most of these ladies. What other challenges are you seeing for young girls who want to participate in business? What's going on out there? I think the ladies, um, they do have ideas mm. on, on what businesses they would like to be in. Mm. And some of them are in the businesses that they would like to be in. But they are just scared to come out of that shell uh, because of the exposure. So they, they don't know. I think it's the fear of the unknown, as we call it. So they, they kind of a bit shy and they're not sure if they're going to say the right thing or one actually one of our our SMEs when I was speaking to her the, the day one she says to me you know um, I'm even scared to approach celebrities because she she does makeup and things like that for big celebrities when they come to PE but sure. she's scared to approach them yeah. to be their own personal makeup artist Princess, when they yeah. need need her mm. so she's scared to make that contact because she says you know i think that they will say i'm i'm forward oh um i'm i'm, I'm invading their personal space mm. or mm. but she understands that she has to shift her mind and to think like a businesswoman and and one of the the things that we we see is that as much as they have businesses um they they, they don't really know their potential. So we would find, um, for example, we have a lady that does baby carriers. I'm sure you see you see her outside. Yes, yes. Um, and the ladies that uh, manufacture soy mints. Mm. Um, and because they've worked in their small spaces, the, the potential that is out there, they haven't really um, seen it in their minds and owned it. Mm. So for me, the big thing, since I work in the communities, I would say it's a confidence because I've seen amazing things, but it's just that they're done in the small corners. Mm. And number two, I think it's the skills, the business management skills, mm. because remember, they do have... They, 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 the skill, whether they, they, they are talent, whether yeah, they, sure. they, they do manufacturing or doing fashion or services, but then they don't know how to manage businesses. So, for example, a business in the township, you would have one lady who is doing, um, let's say, let's take her example, fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a designer. So she would employ a cousin, uh, a sister. So because in the township, when you open a business, you open it to feed your family. Mm-hmm. So the first employer, employees that you have would be your family. They're almost but like volunteers. Yes. Yeah. So now the problem that we face is that when it comes to managing that, because remember when you bring family into business, there are other dynamics that come with that. Yeah. So we find that they struggle. Some then of them want to take some of the money from the tax <laughs> shop. Yes. They want to yes. take the pop that you're supposed to be selling to <laughs> the people. Yes. <laughs> so. And the, now they struggle to manage that as 
this business because remember if it's your bigger sister you can't say no you can't arrive at work at 10 and yeah, things like yeah, that yeah. so those are the things that we take them through so that they are ready you know mm-hmm. because there's nothing um more said because i've been in the space for so long sure. when a person has a, a, a good idea and a good business concept mm-hmm. but they are just so not ready to go into the market. And once they get that opportunity, they have to go back home because they were not ready. So that is what we try to do at the UDDI. We try to make sure that they are actually ready to, to, to take what the world has to give them. So, Connor, what have been your challenges as a young female entrepreneur, especially when you started out? What was that thing that you said, I have to really overcome this? This is very difficult, but what was the biggest challenge for you when you started out? Um, the first piece, uh, the, f- the first challenge is actually boldness, like she's saying, Sissy, mm. that you're afraid to be different. Okay. You, you, don't ap- you, don't, you don't appreciate that being different is actually your niche market. That's where you stand out. That's mm. where you should mm. master. And then it becomes la- uh, the resources. Mm. Obviously, you need your machinery. Mm. Um, you need to be in a visible spot for your business. Mm. Business premises are a big challenge in our yeah, country. Back in the years, you would have a, a business small business centers where small businesses one would be doing plumbing one would be doing something else in different various businesses but nowadays it's it's very hard to find mm-hmm. so business premises and the resources and machinery and the skills mm-hmm. because we are basically fashion designers but when it comes to how to manage a business how to do your bookkeeping mm-hmm. how to write a, a business proposal to expand the business mm-hmm. even we are we, we get pro, um, uh, opportunities where you have to expand your business for example we need to be supplying two airports in Ortambo in, in Cape Town. Oh, wow. That's and then great. with those, thank you very yeah, much for that. Yeah, yes. Cool. When you, capacitating that demand becomes a challenge mm. because now these guys have got, have got nothing written down yet. And they say, you know what? We like this. This is, yeah, this is Cape Town. This mm. runs like hotcakes mm. here. Mm. But now you need, to co- you need to order rolls of fabrics now. Oh, yeah, you, need to, you need to buy mm. it wholesale prices. Yeah. Now you need a business proposal. Oh, yeah. You need to, to prove uh, to an investor that this is a viable business. Yeah. You, you can invest in this. Mm. Now, the business has gone from just a basic design now. Mm. You need all these neat sequences that you need to f- put in place. Mm. So definitely the, the, the skills, mm. the resources, mm. and, and I, 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 it's not that it's, it's not there. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't even know who does yeah. to knock it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But then if you step out with boldness and so you go to all these entities that, are, that our government has blessed us our country with, yeah, yeah. If you if you go there, you'll be amazed at all the 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 opportunities you can make use of to advance your business. Well, let's wrap it up, and because we gotta have move move on. Are there opportunities for young women in business? Some people say, hey, maybe it's it's too saturated. The markets are too saturated. Business is becoming an overwhelming space for people to get into. But is there that opportunity there, especially for young women on the continent? Looking it from a local perspective as well. Yeah. You know what I always say to my uh, businesses, uh, entrepreneurs that come through our offices? I always say, because one of the things that um, in our country we've been told that if you, if you grow up in the raw areas, it's not good enough. Mm. If you grow, out in, grow up in the township, it's not good enough. Mm. You have to move to the urban areas. You have to move to the suburbs. And that is where you, you should have your business in the CBD. That is where it will work. But I always tell them, your customer is right next door. We have big townships. Um, our CEO yesterday, she was giving um, a speech. She said, 
one of our townships, Kwanobosle, is as big as Seychelles, the population. So you can imagine how many people are there if they are that big. <laughs> and and they're always looking to move to, to town, but yeah. that is not where they need to be. Sure. I think they are perfect where they are, but it's just that they need to open up their mind and, and, and look at the possibilities. Like she says, she said you need to imagine where you could go and, and, and also take up the opportunities because I think we have enough agencies that work with SMMEs. I yes, think they definitely. are wonderful programs out there for, for from the government and from the private sector. And I think um, our government is doing their best. They are shifting like mountains to make sure that SMMEs are well looked after. But the only thing that is needed is our SMMEs to be there, to grab those opportunities. And just as she was saying, they need people that will look at the business concept, financials, and all those things. And those are the programs that we have in, 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 in our agencies, in all our agencies, in all our networks. And if they can't find it, ask your, your, your neighbor who runs a business. They know something. Because that, that is one of the things that they don't do. They don't network with each other. And yet in the township, they're over, like, because in, in our, in, we did Utenic and Dispatch, mm. and we found out we have over 1,000 businesses. Wow. And I'm not talking about businesses that ten, are tenderpreneurs. I'm talking about businesses that have proper premises. Mm. So they would, they would be selling something or doing whatever. But you can imagine the network that comes from 1,000 yeah. businesses, yeah. you know. So if they would even look at that, that would also assist them in opening the markets that you're talking about, the opportunities that you're talking about, you know. Well, let's wrap it up with you, Zikwana. I mean, you've been talking about you, you've had opportunities, the, you're getting a little bit of a, an access into the, a bigger market itself. Yes. I'm sure you are seeing opportunities, definitely. Oh, definitely uh, op opportunities are there, mm. but you as a person, you need to understand that not every closed door is locked. Mm. Uh, sometimes they might say no, mm. but it means that you need to look at something with a, a, a different perspective. Mm. Uh, go deeper into introspection with your own business, with mm. yourself. Where do, where do you fault? And as, and, and as a result, when you grow from that, you, you actually come back stronger. Mm. So I love what I've been seeing happening with all these entities because I've seen, I'm sorry to have to, to mention names, I've seen NYDA mm. saying, you know what, I can give you branding. And then CEDA says, okay, let's work together. While we give them branding, mm. we'll give them signage outside, mm. and then we'll take them to the next level. We, we, we will open, we'll take them to the ranch show. Mm. You know, th th it's amazing how these entities, this team up around you to assist you to make sure you fly high because we've got employees that are full-time mm. we have got so much plans that you, that you need to actually attend to as a, as a business because we want to grow we don't want to be SMEs forever mm. we need to grow into a certain level where we move now that we start mentoring that the younger ones coming to the industry Great. so different opportunities are there markets are there but you as a person I want to encourage this anyone listening out there that step out mm opportunities are there use them stop complaining start being the difference that you want to see fantastic thank, thank you so much ladies it's been a great conversation and thank good luck you to you guys with awesome. your way forward and in your businesses and just your community work as well we're, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna continue that discussion remember we're right here at the africa for africa women's conference uh, in the beautiful uh, port elizabeth i'm going to take a quick break and then i'll be back with you after this Change your game. your game. Be the voice of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue 
as we highlight real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs, educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays, 1000 hours to 10:45 a.m. Central African time, and on Saturdays, 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, you're listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, thank you for joining us here on our program, African Dialogue. Uh, and remember, we're at the Africa for Africa Women's Conference 2017. It is uh, in its last day today, and a lot of action has been taking place here. A lot of conversations have been taking place on how do we actually put women in the center of economies. And I love the element that uh, there's a lot of focus around the local economy how do we actually make sure that there is access uh, to the markets and uh, today now we're going to take the conversation what's great about this conference is that there's young and old and uh, uh, that's great to see that generational transfer of knowledge in this particular space as well uh, well back into our uh, booth here is uh, miss b hakula who's the conference convener who's going to let us know if uh, she's happy with uh, this uh, happening to this year and uh, we also have Nick guest Haley, who is uh, from uh, uh, the Center for Accelerated Women's Economic Empowerment. Uh, she's all the way from Ethiopia with us. She's the founder and executive director of uh, this center. Let me start with you, Nigesta. Tell us a little bit about the center and uh, why you have such a passion for accelerating women's empowerment. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a uh, pleasure. pleasure being here, uh, taking part at, at the conference. And sure. I really thank the organizers, including Ethiopia, uh, to, to be a speaker also, and also learn from my sisters from the rest of the, the continent. Sure. Uh, for us, I'd, from my personal experience, I had been working with the government in the Ministry of Trade and Industry for 23 years. Yeah. And I was heading a department of, for women in business. Yeah. So what, was, what, I, what I was seeing most was promoting women in micro enterprises. Sure. So I haven't seen a lot that was done promoting, taking women to the next level, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Uh, promoting them to small, medium and large enterprise mm-hmm. and then hand, holding them to, to enter the export market. So I said, I have to fill this missing middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, contribute my level best complement the initiatives of the government so in 2004 I left the government and I joined the I founded this center uh, 
to accelerate women. That's why our name is Accelerating, taking them to the next level Fantastic. so that they bring out results yeah. impacting our economy uh, nationwide. And, and how has your experience been so far in that particular project? It's not easy taking a localized uh, business and actually making someone think bigger, especially when you have challenges of women um, disparities even in different African countries. How do you work against all the, those odds? Um, I think those challenges had been very instrumental to bring out uh, concrete achievements uh, through all those uh, those processes. So we were very smart partnering with the government because we are working for the same population, for the same generation, for the the same group of women that that are uh, our citizens. So the good thing the government has really valued our contribution because we are complementing their initiatives with a focus to generating foreign currency, with a focus to creating more employment opportunities, which we are contributing a lot. So uh, a lot has been done, not only me, but with same kind, uh, like-minded women, visionary women, that can take those women to the next level. So I was sharing yesterday our best practice in establishing the, the first commercial bank, probably in the continent, yeah. the Women's Commercial Bank, which we have named it Nat Bank, Nat meaning mother. Okay. Always we had been crying of women, uh, lack of collateral, in, 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 in ha- not having collateral, they are not able to access loans from commercial banks. Sure. So we said, visionary women like myself and the others have to start g- getting solutions. Mm. So that's why uh, we, we, uh, 11 of us like-minded women came together and uh, established the bank. It was not easy. Uh, it took us four solid years wow. because we had been busy on all our full-time jobs. Yes. But again, somebody like us has to do it. Mm. There is nobody coming to us to do this. Mm. So we just left a legacy like that. And now young women, startups, those who want to engage themselves in growth-oriented businesses are, are getting uh, loan without collateral in many of the areas where we have developed special tailor-made uh, financial products. Well, oh, that's fantastic. We'll talk more about that, about how do you actually create that space for excess of funding for women and what would the criteria be and what, what are you looking for as a woman who's going out there looking for funding? You know? But I want to come back to you, Ms. B. Uh, are you happy about this, this gathering so far? A lot of things have been happening. You've been running upside, upside down, in and out. You've been everywhere here. Uh, so far, have you achieved the goal so far for the conference? Yes, plus, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm extremely excited. Mm. I think the delegates understood exactly what the outcomes should be of this conference. Mm. Very practical, very focused. Mm. The element of intra and intercontinental relations already started. Mm. We're talking about a opportunity for some of the young entrepreneurs here, mm. uh, supplying uh, fashion houses outside uh, South Africa. And this is very exciting. Mm. The other thing that I liked, which is emerging out of uh, the, the deliberations, mm which uh, it will be part of the resolutions, Mm. is Africanization of the hospitality industry. Mm. Because when we look at um, the U.S. and international coming to Africa, they must experience Africa. Mm. And there's outcome that uh, one of the resolutions to say, how do we really Africanize Mm. the hospitality industry and bring out what is uniquely African Ubuntu Mm. in the hospitality industry? So it's very exciting to see those trends emerging. Mm. The other one that's also very exciting is around the Women's Development Bank. Mm. 
my sister here, Miss Nail, mm. they have a model that is working already. Mm. And we're saying, yeah, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Mm. Let's see how have you done it. Mm. And we must build on that. Mm. And, and, and therefore, that is very exciting for me. And we also have a model from India. If we're talking about being able to influence policy from our perspective as South Africa, we've got somewhere we can say within our own policies, this is the gap, this is the gap to help us quickly move forward. But it's really very, very exciting. And also the entrepreneurs are extremely excited out of the outcome of this uh, the, the conference. But I think... We need to wait for the actual <laughs> actual resolutions because really that's where we're going to talk tangibles yeah. and we will have countries that will be championing the implementation. Yeah. So that is the trend. So the outcomes of this uh, uh, conference, yeah. I think we've achieved more than what we expected. Fantastic. Well, I want to come back to you, Ms. Nikis Daly, in terms of looking at this very fascinating issue that uh, Mambi is highlighting which is uh, funding and access you know because access to funding is one of the biggest challenges for women on, on, on the continent but sometimes it's convincing their donors or those who are loaning the money that they have sustainable businesses according to your model how do you make sure that the women that you are funding have that sustainability and also what is your funding method Actually, we ha we don't we haven't received any money from funders. Okay. We raised the money. We I saw mean, the people that you fund as your bank. I mean, getting people getting yes, loans. Yes, from you. Yes. Yes, uh, there are. You know, we serve as conventional bank also because sure. uh, we are under su strict supervision of our national bank from the government. Because okay. we are the 16th private bank, okay. we have to operate at like the 15 operating and the, like the two giant government banks operating. So, we want also from our conventional banking existing, we have leveraged certain services, particularly for women. Like now, our collateral from the conventional bank is 100% plus for the rest of the others. But for women, it's only 70%. Okay. Uh, on the other side, we have set aside 25% loanable money only for women okay. from that 100%. Okay. So they have even gone 31% mm. beyond 25 Sure. So we also have created, uh, you know, the, the culture of saving is not a culture for Africa. Sure. It's not only for Ethiopia. So we are encouraging them, giving them financial literacy mm -hmm. on how they, sh they can save. So we add financial literacy trainings uh, together with, with these loan services, the, the, the banking facilities, which no other bank is doing. So in this case now, the percentage of saving depositing from the, gov the, the women's side has reached 26%, from z nearly from zero. Oh, yeah, yeah. So th this shows, this is becoming a showcase that women really have started understanding the, the benefit of savings, yeah. taking them their businesses to the next level, not only loan, yeah. but also depositing for, the, for both their kids, for the family, and for other personal activities, even for holidays, which, yeah. which, which a woman uh, has never thought of uh, saving. Yeah. On the other thing, which w the impact uh, that our bank has created on the rest of the the, six, the 15 private and two government banks was that we are the only bank operating private that have our, our department of women for finance only. Mm -hmm. The moment we opened our women in finance department, all the banks opened that. Mm -hmm. So we're so happy. 
50, we, our bank, a very small bank, only three trend. years young, yes. cannot serve 50 million women. Sure, sure. So we were so happy. Yeah. The other opens, uh, banks are opening up, mm. even developing other financial services, attracting more women. Of mm. course, this is a, a, a competition, a stiff competition in the banking industry. Sure. But again, we're happy because the other banks are welcoming women. Mm. They even put women loan officers so that a woman who wants a loan information is most welcomed exactly. and feeling at home. So the impact we really have created in the past three years has been so great. And uh, we were uh, uh, quoted as references even by the National Bank. Why don't you do, you do this as a NAT Bank? Yeah. Why don't you do yeah, this? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, f for your information, out of the 11 board members, seven of us are women. Also, I just wanted to, to wrap up with this conversation and in terms of how do we also kind of create sustainability within that space where you do get kind of a, a sustainable momentum for um, female and, and women-owned businesses. Is there a challenge in, in that regard? There is, you know, we're 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 opening space now for women, which we haven't they haven't had before, sure. and now we are having hundreds and thousands of them uh, on the line to, to to get loan and support. So what we we have to build our capacity so that we we serve the women that that, that we are advocating for. So in this respect, uh, you know, the bank is the majority of the shareholders are women, sixty five percent. So whenever we are having our general assembly, three or times we already have done in three years' time, 5% of the gross profit is allocated to the collateral fund, okay. to the guarantee fund. Mm. So every year that fund is growing. Mm. So in this uh, with this purpose, we're, we are, we'll be open to, to provide loan to more women. And again, we're attracting more uh, donors and supporters and uh, recently we signed uh, a grant fund of 10,000 10 million USD from yeah. USAID yeah. so that will give us more mm -hmm. to provide guarantee more guarantee fund uh, loan to, to women in small and medium enterprises mm -hmm. well miss B let me come to you in, in terms of looking at uh, that issue of sustainability do you think that uh, there's a lot of work to be done in creating that sustainability especially with uh, uh, women entrepreneurship in the women entrepreneurship space yes uh, that is very important mm. i think for the presentation of uh, india mm. if you look at the model that they were actually presenting mm. of how do you harvest the skills that are there and the expertise mm. of the rural women mm. without it taking them away from where they are mm. but you create that value chain that you have experts that will be uh, uh, building the the the, the ma access to markets and facilitating that mm. without taking and also dealing with the issues of uh, capacity building and improving the quality of the product that comes from those rural communities mm. but you're not taking them from uh, away from them mm. so you are you are killing uh, two beds with one stone sure. because one you are creating the cono the economic hubs mm. what we are calling out of this conference villages of hope <laughs> <Nice>. yes <laughs> villages of hope yeah. so you are able to create that economic hub mm. within the communities themselves mm. but the next level is to saying how do we take this outside because you're taking it at beyond the level of being uh, the sustenance you know uh, mm. you, you're taking towards the level of being sustainable sustainable now and taking it out beyond their own community and then globally nationally and then globally. So you have that element, that layer that is facilitating that marketing and that integration, mm. you know, without taking 
the people away from where, what they know and where they are, but upskilling them to be able to do it better. Well, we have to wrap it up there. Thank you, ladies, for giving us your time. And I'm sure we're going to get more of an update on uh, what's going to continue with this particular conference. So we're wrapping it up here at the second Africa for Africa Women's Conference 2017, right here at the Feather Market Center. Thank you uh, to our guests. Thank you to Nigest Haley, who is the founder and executive director of the Center for Accelerated Women's Economic Empowerment. And thank you to Ms. B. Akula for also inviting us uh, to this uh, gathering at the Africa for Africa Women's Conference. I'm sure there's more conversations that we're going to have on this here on African Dialogue. But we're going to wrap it up there. And hey, remember, you can engage with us here on our program at Channel Africa One. That's our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. Or you can SMS us your thoughts on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. That's plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero don't forget our email address that's info at channelafrica.org african dialogue looking at different events in depth discussing a variety of issues this is a very significant historical election this crisis is still damaging especially Finnish and european economies very hardly and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation and uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one the right to privacy of uh, tiwonge and uh, stephen and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything.